Today, we're mixing things up and tackling your marriage and money questions. It's time for the listener mailbag. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, the show where we share stories and advice on building up your marriage and wealth together. I'm Elle Martinez. Support for this podcast comes from Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money Masterclass. This course is designed to help you two get on the same page with money, dump your debt faster, and get you on the path to financial freedom. Sign up for the class today and get lifetime access. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash jumpstart. Hey, I hope this week is treating you well. So like I mentioned, this episode is a little bit different. I'm going to be answering three of your marriage and money questions. And they came out of the Reboot Your Money Challenge that we did last month. So thank you for sending these in. And thank you for sharing your goals for 2018. You guys have some amazing ones. I love that knocking out debt is the number one goal. And then a lot of you are saving up money because you want to have a little more flexibility in your life. And some of you are thinking of buying a home this year. So congrats on that. I wish you well. And I noticed that two of the questions that you asked do tie in because it's about making sure you're saving money on these expenses so you can use it for either paying down debt or stashing away for a goal. So why don't we just jump into it? The first one that I got is getting a great deal when shopping around for insurance. So if you've taken the five days to 5K or if you chatted with me, I always talk about look at your bills, the low hanging fruits and see if you can lower them and still keep the same coverage or get the same service. So with insurance, a lot of people are surprised that you still can get a good deal on insurance. They kind of feel like you're locked in, but that isn't the case. And we've recently had to deal with this because I got a notification from our insurance company that our homeowners and our auto insurance were going up even though we hadn't filed claims. So the first thing I suggest you guys do is call and see what's going on with your insurance company. That's the first step. And what I found out is that the insurance companies had raised our rates in part because the cost of replacing our house went up. But with auto, they were just saying because of the hurricanes and other circumstances going on, our rates went up. So it wasn't anything personal. This was business as usual for them. So my tip is when you are looking at your insurance, make sure, number one, you are shopping around for the best deal. They're treating this as a business and they should, but you should as well. No one's gonna care about your money like you do. So when it's time for a renewal or even a month before renewal, when you get those papers, go ahead and start calling around. Because even if you are looking at the same coverage, the prices can vary differently. In fact, we found out we could save about $100 a year with our car insurance just moving providers. The second one, and this is tied to it when shopping around, is make sure you check with whatever memberships. Maybe you guys are in a professional group or an association. It could be something like Costco. Check to see if there are any discounts for being a member. This can shave 10 to 20% off your auto insurance or your home or renter's insurance. 
Now, years ago, when we were first married and we were trying to get a best deal, we found that being Costco members pretty much cut our insurance bill in half just by moving. Now, we don't get as much savings, but still, look at the memberships that you already do have. The third one you want to check into is asking for discounts. Yes, I know it sounds obvious, but this can save you money. When we were looking at our home insurance, they found out, looking at the computer, even though on paper my auto insurance had a deal for a multi-policy, our home insurance did not. So we ended up getting a refund on our premiums for about $150, just with a phone call and asking for every discount that we can qualify for. And it isn't necessarily that the agent on the phone is giving you a hard time. It could be that they're looking at so many different policies, they can miss it. Everyone's human. So give them the benefit of the doubt, but still ask for discounts. Another thing you can do, and you've probably seen this on TV, is see if bundling your policies with the same insurance provider gives you enough of a discount to go under one umbrella. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's better just to go with the best provider for each policy, but you won't know unless you check. And then finally, look at your deductibles. With insurance, it's all about risk. And when you want the insurance to cover more and you want a lower deductible, that means your premiums are going to be much higher. So if you have an emergency fund and you have savings and you can cover higher deductible, call your agent up and see what the monthly rate or the semi-annual rate would be for your policy. If it's a big enough difference, it might pay just to raise your deductible and then you can keep more of your money month to month Put that in savings and use it however you need to, including paying down debt. So those are my five biggest money tips on saving with insurance. And speaking of insurance, that was the second question that I got. I know with open enrollment season, a lot of us got packets from HR and it was talking about different health insurance plans. It seems a little overwhelming. So one of the questions I got was, are those high deductible plans really worth it? So like I mentioned, with insurance, one of the things that happens when they're calculating your premiums is they're measuring the amount of risk that they're taking and that you're taking. So how a high deductible health insurance plan works, as you probably figured out by the name, is that your deductible is much higher than your typical plan, but it can mean significant savings monthly. When we were looking at the three plans, there was the basic insurance, which we had been on for years. There's the buy-up plan. And then this year they offered the high deductible health insurance plan. With the buy-up plan, it was a much lower deductible for that plan, but you're looking at significant costs. I think it was 1,500 for a family a month. And then you have the regular plan, which we had been using because we're fairly healthy and it still was a bit much, and it was going up to 800 a month. Now, mind you, this is with my husband's portion being paid by his employer. And then the high deductible plan has a $5,000 deductible for families, but instead of 800 a month, we'd only be paying 500 a month. So looking at the situation where we typically only use health insurance for those annual checkups, we decided to move with a high deductible plan. And that could be the situation with your family. 
because in many cases, those health insurance plans with a high deductible do cover 100% your annual preventative visits. But if you have like a chronic illness or you visit the doctor's office often, a high deductible plan might not be the way to go because you're gonna be paying out of pocket until you hit your deductible. Now, a huge advantage with going with a high deductible health insurance plan is using that health savings account that comes with it. Think of it like an emergency fund for your healthcare expenses. And the real benefits are the tax savings you have three ways. The first is the money you put in that you contribute, just like a 401k, is pre-tax. That means it goes in and when it comes tax time, that amount that you contributed is making your taxable income lower. The second way it can save is that it's growing tax-free. And then the third way is when you need it for a healthcare medical expense, it comes out tax-free. And this can be some significant savings. So each year you can contribute a certain amount, the government has a maximum, and you get a debit card or a check, and any healthcare expenses you have, like your deductible, co-insurance, and copay, you can use your HSA for. Now, that sounds a lot like a flexible spending account, but the great news with this is say you have a good year and you don't spend that money. With a flex spending account, if you don't use it, you lose it. But with a health savings account, you get to keep it and it grows. So what we're doing is for this first year, we're focusing on putting that difference that we're saving into the HSA to cover for our family deductible. And if we have a great year and everything's fine, that means we've saved for our deductible at the beginning of next year. And then we have choices. What we're going to do is continue to save in the health savings account because you can actually invest that money. You can set it aside and get better returns. So down the line, we might have some bigger expenses. This health savings account can grow. But there's a lot of benefits and a lot of things to consider with a high deductible health insurance plan. So later this month, I'm gonna do an episode just about this. But I hope this was enough to kind of get you started and familiar with how things work. So thanks so much for sending this in. So the last question I got is a little bit trickier. It's, should we lend money to family? And I get it, we've had to deal with this situation as well. And for the most part, what I'm hearing and seeing with the questions that you guys send in is that this isn't a situation where a relative calls you up that has an unexpected job loss or kid gets sick and they ran out of savings and they need help. It seems to be that there's two situations where you guys are having this tension and fighting. And the first situation is someone needs help, but when you look at the numbers, you're financially not in a position to help. And I want to let you know that it's perfectly fine to say no in those situations. I know we all wanna help out our loved ones, but you wanna think of it this way. When you go on a plane and they do the safety check, one of the first things they say is put the oxygen mask over your face before you help your kids, your spouse, everyone in next to you. And when you're dealing with finances and you guys could be deep in debt or you don't have an emergency fund yourself right now because you're working on it, the best thing you can do is to tell them no, not right now, we wish we could, but we're not in a position to. 
And if they love you and are your family, they'll understand the situation. And this is not a forever thing. This is just a thing where you have to get on solid financial footing before you're able to help someone else. The second situation that I see that a lot of couples fight over is that one of the spouses feels like this isn't necessarily helping out that relative. This might be enabling them. This was actually a very popular episode. I think we're in, we're in season six already. And years later, the episode I did on how to lend money to family without being a chump is still in the top five. You know, sometimes we have relatives where it seems like they have one emergency after another. And so there is that question, are we really helping them or are we enabling them to be bad with money? So I have three questions that have helped us out and I hope it helps you out when you're trying to figure out if lending money is the best move. The first one is, is this the first time they ask for help? I know it sounds a little harsh, but sometimes when you're in the thick of it and it's your family or your spouse and their family, it's hard to think straight. So taking the step back and saying, is this something that happens fairly regularly? Does it seem like every few months they have something bad happen to them and they can't seem to get the help? Talk it over. And then the second question is, what exactly is the emergency? You know, we all have our own definitions, but look at this and see, is this a situation where they didn't plan it out on their budget or a true emergency? And finally, what's their backup plan? You know, you might not be in a situation to help or you're on the fence because you're trying to figure out. It's okay to talk to them saying, hey, we're trying to run the numbers and see if we can help out. But if we can't, what's your backup plan? And you might find out that they don't have one. It was all about relying on you as their safety net. Or it could be that they have other plans. Maybe they're tapping into their savings now and they're trying to have a contingency in case that runs out, but you won't know until you ask. So hopefully those three questions will give you a better idea if you're helping them or making the problem worse. Now, what if you guys decide that you wanna help them, but lending money isn't the best thing in your situation or for them? Well, the first thing I would say is, look at giving a smaller gift. Maybe they come and they ask you like, I need $2,000 to pay my bills for this month. You can say, you know, we don't have that money in savings, but what we do have is a few hundred dollars to give. It's a gift. We know you're having an emergency. Hopefully this will help you get back on your feet. And this also avoids those awkward situations where you're wondering when you're gonna get paid back. Second way you can help is offer to help them with their budget. It may not seem like much, but this can be incredibly helpful, especially if you guys are already working to get out of debt, you have a system that works, you can share your system, maybe even your spreadsheet that you're using or whatever app that you prefer. And that can also give them a nudge of encouragement that, hey, someone else has been in this situation and they got out of it. And then finally, depending on the situation, one of the most loving and practical things you can do is point them in the direction of resources that can help them get on their feet. You know, if they're married, of course, you can point them out to here on this site, but there are also organizations that specifically work with people that tie them in to resources that are available locally, statewide, even federally. There's some organizations out there like Single Stop that if you give them that information, they can go there. And then these are people that are quite familiar with what's available and they can help your relative get back on their feet. So 
Guys, I hope these answers help you out with whatever you're working on for this year. And if you have any more questions you want to answer on the podcast, send them in. I'm going to be doing this monthly going forward. I think this is a fun way to kind of interact with you and see what's on your minds. again for being a part of the show as always i'll have all the links resources and info you need in the show notes just head over to couplemoney.com slash qa1 and if you want to stay on top of the podcast videos articles make sure you're subscribed to the community i send out weekly updates with everything released as well as some behind the scene and exclusive stuff and the best part is it's free just go over to couplemoney.com slash join. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere and Music for Makers. And if you enjoyed this episode and think it can help someone out, please share it. I'd love to get the conversation started on how to work as a team with your finances. I hope you have a great week. Take care. Mm-hmm.